Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. So jumping straight into episode 3 of Star Wars Comics in Canon brings a look into how everyone's favourite protocol droid C-3PO got his red arm as seen in The Force Awakens. Now the comic we're going to be delving into is called Star Wars Special C-3PO, also known as The Phantom Limb, and it was written by James Robinson, and Tony Harris was the artist and the colourist of the comic. Now the comic was initially due for release before The Force Awakens as part of the Journey to The Force Awakens line of multimedia things that they do before each film, where they release books and comics that are kind of leading up to add additional information about characters and things, but it didn't actually get released before The Force Awakens, it kept getting delayed and it wasn't actually released until April 2016, and The Force Awakens came out in December 2015. The comic came out as a one-shot, just as I said, Star Wars C-3PO Special Number 1, but it was also included in the Shattered Empire hardcover that was released in September 2016. A side note here for some people who may already actually know how he lost his red arm, but haven't read the comics, will actually know it because there is a slightly different retelling of it in the LEGO Force Awakens game. Um, The main plot and what actually happens is basically the same. There's a couple of very minor details, like in the LEGO Force Awakens, there's an extra droid and some of the dialogue is slightly different, as well as also being sort of a game more suited for kids. So there's there are a lot of other bonus stories within the Force Awakens LEGO game, which are canon stories, but not everything that happened is necessarily strictly canon, because the dialogue specifically, they do have to make it a bit more child-friendly, and a lot of the visual scenes and things are more to do with humour and things like that, and then obviously it's a video game, so when in the game when you watch C-3PO doing certain things, he didn't actually do that specific thing in the comic, but I just wanted to kind of clarify that, because if anyone has played that game, it may seem like it's contradicting slightly, as I said, 95% of it is actually the same, it's just some very minor tweaking. So jumping right into it, the comic is set before The Force Awakens, so that is 34 ABY, 34 years after the Battle of Yavin, and around 30 years after The Return of the Jedi. And it doesn't say explicitly when it was before, like how long, but from the given timestamp of that, as well as when they rescued Akbar, which is the thing that happens directly after this comic, it's it's only within a, maybe a couple months, if that, of The Force Awakens, um, maybe within the year at the most, but it's, it's very close to the start of The Force Awakens. Now before I say the plot, I would say I would recommend people go and check this comic out. It is actually quite an interesting insight into droids and especially C-3PO and how they think when they're not around humans and things. They speak to each other and it does bring up some quite interesting questions about sort of consciousness and that sort of things with the droids but yeah i'm going to get into this but i'm just going to obviously explain things in brief i'm not going to read out all the dialogue and all that sort of jazz so you know i would really recommend you read this comic as well 
So essentially the comic starts with information that Admiral Akbar got captured by the First Order. The Resistance are basically trying to find out where he is. There's a group of Resistance fighters led by Captain Hoff who managed to capture this droid called OMR. One, which is Omri, essentially, which always called throughout the comic. And Omri has the location of Admiral Akbar, and so they're trying to take him back to base to basically get Admiral Akbar back, essentially. The ship gets shot down um, over the planet Tall, T-A-U-L, and essentially all of the humans die on the ship, and it's just left to the droids who need to essentially send out a beacon or get off the planet in some way. With all of the organic life gone, all that's left is C-3PO along with Omri, as well as two security droids, a medical droid and a construction droid as well. And they basically go out into this world that seems to be out to get them. There's spice spiders which come out, which basically kill one of the security droids. And as this story goes on, basically each droid gets picked off as it goes. So after the Spy Spiders, which is a tongue twister in itself, C-3PO and Omri speak quite a bit and they talk about memories in sort of the hands of their masters and they talk about sort of how important they may have been in previous lives after having their minds wiped and things like that. And it's worth saying here that C-3PO did have his mind wiped after episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and it is actually said, Bail Organa says it, and so he has his mind wiped and he can't remember the Clone Wars, but it is brought up that he has these flashes of things to do with the Clone Wars and things like that. He mentions some, like a Colosseum, he mentions a big temple on fire, he mentions a lot of rocky things, so he's referring to the Battle of Geonosis and things like that, which is a really cool reference actually, but it shows that although his memory was wiped for almost all of it, he does have a couple of vague flashes. The remaining group of droids continue on and they then get attacked by other monsters called Thydaks which are also called Tar Monsters. They're basically these really big tentacle creatures that have like shark heads but with loads and loads of eyes and yet yeah, giant tentacles. They're basically trying to cross a chasm. Uh, the construction bot basically sacrifices himself to save the others and C-3PO in the process gets his arm ripped off by one of these tentacle creatures. Uh, Omri kind of pulls him back and kind of saves him in a sense and then they continue onward. By the time they've gotten out of harm's way from the Spice Spiders and the Thydax, they essentially then brought to a part where it starts to rain acid, essentially acid rain. And it starts off to burn them and things. They find some cover and shelter, but the shelter they're under is burning. And so Omri and C-3PO are left just to talk a little bit, essentially. They speak a bit more and throughout the comic, as I say, they keep talking and at the start, Omri is quite resistant. He's talking about being on other people's sides, having masters, having control of your memories and things like that. And like, he doesn't know who he was before this and then being on opposite sides is kind of arbitrary depending on their masters and things like that. And as it goes on, Omri eventually obviously gets saved each time by these other droids. All of the droids sacrifice themselves to make sure C-3PO and Omri get on and survive and then when the acid rain starts and they get stuck there's a beacon they need to press and it's a few meters out uh, and Omri says that he'll go and he basically goes into the rain activates the beacon and in doing so the acid rain burns him. Now Omri is a protocol droid um, which you may have seen in other Star Wars sort of he's in the films like he, he specifically isn't in the films but the same protocol droid is in the films it kind of you may know him, these sort of droids because they look kind of like C-3PO but their heads have got more sort of bug eyes they're, they're a lot sort of bigger and things and they're normally silver and reflective if that's a very good description. When he goes out into the acid rain, he starts to burn and his primer comes off and underneath it all is basically red. And that's where the red arm sort of thing comes from because as Omri is trying to make his way back to where the shelter is, he basically dies in the rain and his arm falls off. And obviously C-3PO, as previously said, was missing an arm and therefore he wears it. 
He gets onto the ship after Poe basically comes and saves him, and BB-8 asks him why he's got a red arm. He says that he doesn't like the aesthetic, he doesn't like the way it looks, but he wants to hold on to it to try and remember. And then he looks into the window and he sees like a reflection of essentially all the droids that gave their lives, so that the information Omri has, as well as C-3PO, could survive. It's worth mentioning, just before Omri died, he basically said to C-3PO, here's where Admiral Akbar is, and then shortly after, Akbar is then rescued by Poe and C-3PO, but that isn't in this specific comic. As this is a one-shot comic, there's not really that much more information to give. As I said, it, it's really worth a read, and it's quite a chunky comic for like a one-off, um, and it is, some of the dialogue in it is very interesting. It gives C-3PO a bit more grounding as a character. While I'm on the subject of C-3PO, I thought I'd just go into a little bit more detail about some other stuff about him. Um, mainly, that what I found out recently was that in The Phantom Menace, it is kind of alluded to that Anakin created him. In fact, I say alluded to, I think they even say it. That Anakin put together C-3PO, C-3PO refers to him as the maker, that sort of thing. And what it actually is, is C-3PO had a life before that. Anakin just put sort of all his main components back together, added a few things, including some sort of uh, plating and a way he's made that makes him more resistant to the sand and the heat of Tatooine and things than, a, say, a standard protocol droid would be. And he adds a few other things, but C-3PO says that he has had a life before that. Now, the only time this is actually said is in the Clone Wars episode called Evil Plans. It's in season three and it's episode eight. And the only thing that's really mentioned is that 3PO served as a protocol droid for the chief negotiator of the Manacron system. Now, the Manacron system, I've looked online a little bit. There's no mention of it seemingly in Legends or in Canon, apart from this one line from C-3PO that seems to be almost like a throwaway line, kind of almost hidden a little bit in the Clone Wars. And to my knowledge and what I could see online, there's no other information about that. And after a quick double check online, there is also a tiny bit more information about C-3PO and his previous life. And the only other thing he's really said is that he's claimed that his first job was programming binary load lifters, which he said were very similar to moisture evaporators in most respects. That was in the New Hope, and that's really it that we've got. And he says his first job was programming binary load lifters and that before Anakin rebuilt him, created him, however you want to put it, he served as a protocol droid to the chief negotiator of the Manacron system. So I just thought I'd throw that in there as well because it's kind of like a misconception. Maybe if you're at a local pub and there's a Star Wars quiz and they say, who was C-3PO's creator? It may be a trick question that no one specifically knows, but there you go. Last bit before I sign off, um, I thought I would just mention that C-3PO has actually shown up in every Star Wars feature film as of recording this. Basically the entirety of the Skywalker saga, so episodes 1 to 9, he also has appeared in Rogue One, it was like a small cameo, just has like one line in it, but he doesn't appear in Solo. Solo is the only Star Wars film that doesn't have C-3PO in it. And as we know, he appears in countless other works of Star Wars, including many of the comics, books, TV series, etc. I mentioned at the start that the C-3PO special can be found in the Shattered Empire hardcover edition, um, which is how I got it, because trying to find the one-off comic is quite difficult or quite expensive, um, which I'd really recommend people get the Shattered Empire hardcover, because it shows the Shattered Empire comic, which is actually what I'm going to be talking about next week. Um, it's a comic which is set 
within minutes of the Death Star 2 exploding over the forest moon of Endor, so right at the end of episode 6, it actually shows what happens the couple of days after the events of the Death Star exploding, and it's just quite interesting, it's just nice to have like a little bit of extra, it's almost like um, it's almost like an extended edition of The Return of the Jedi, so I'd really recommend people grab that, and if you don't fancy grabbing that and you just want to hear me talk about it and give you a few key points about it, then you know, make sure you tune in next week on the amazing feed of Comics in Motion to hear me talk about Shattered Empire. Anyway, that's about it from me, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate anyone checking out my show. My sort of other show, other podcast that I do is called Genuine Chit Chat. If you search for Genuine Chit Chat in Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere that you're listening to this show right now, uh, you will find me and I speak to a different guest relatively every week. Um, I've spoken to filmmakers, authors, musicians, entrepreneurs, uh, blind individuals. I say that because I've spoken to two different blind individuals who are very inspired and very interesting in different ways loads of different people uh, recently i did have a blind filmmaker named goff who's from australia and he's a friend of mine had him on the podcast for the third time to talk about his film so you know lots of stuff to check out on genuine chit chat if you so fancy i've had a few star wars episodes on there as well but if not no worries at all just make sure you subscribe to the comics and motion feed so you can check out the other amazing shows on this channel obviously the main flagship show comics in motion as well as the indie comic spotlight by tony farina and mandatory marvel and DC by Max Byrne. Anyway, that's enough from me, guys. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll speak to you next week. May the force be with you. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.